Good Thursday evening. Ben is off this week. My name is Shane Foxman. Thanks for spending some of your time with us this evening. You know, off the top, we were talking about uh, the economic situation. We were talking about inflation and, of course, going to the grocery store. And I'm sure, uh, like all of us, if you've been to the grocery store, which I assume is almost all of us, uh, you notice everything. I commented earlier about, you know, when you're walking out and you go, wow, I spent I don't know how much money and I only have two bags used to walk out with six bags of groceries. It just, it, it's, it's hard to believe uh, how much things are going up. And one of those items that's going up uh, is dairy. Uh, it, it's unbelievable uh, what's been happening. Join us in, uh, joining us on the line is Jeff None, uh, the owner of uh, Lakeside Dairy and a dairy farmer. Jeff, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, great to be uh, part of this conversation. Well, let me just ask you, what have the last uh, couple of years been like, just overall, between the pandemic and then what's happening now? Oh, I think, you know, like everybody else, all of the emotions, the wild ride. Um, I remember early on in the pandemic, just, the, for me, a lot of anxiety over what would happen if, right? Uh, a lot of things on the farm, there is no option. Uh, you know, it, ha- it has to get done. We don't have staff that we can, you know, reserve staff that we can call in. And luckily, we got through all of that. Um, you know, we work outdoors and and the industry is what it is. So all the potatoes that could move out did. We hit some speed bumps there with a lot of seed being thrown out because of not knowing. And uh, I guess the turmoil just continued, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone else. And um, some of that price inflation didn't happen right away. And that's, that's part of the reality right now with everything uh, kind of in this inflationary mode and expenses across the board uh, being up. I think commodities are probably the one, you know, we can talk dairy, uh, being up at the store shelf, but really anytime you're feeding animals, commodities trade on a global market and uh, they've just been, sh- you know, shooting to the sky since since the fall of 2020, really. You know, Jeff, I, lately I've been talking to people who, uh, again, over the pandemic, they would say, you know, we were braced for, depending on what industry they're in, but a lot of folks were like, you know, we were bracing for the worst and then, oh, it didn't turn out so bad, but now they feel like they're paying the price now. Like they were able to get through the two years and go, oh, it was okay. You know what? Business was okay for whatever it was. Uh, but now with the current situation, now they're feeling the heat. Um, what, what's playing in for you? Is it, is it all, all of the above, all the costs uh, of, of running your business, everything's up? Yeah, and just, you know, there's a lot of decisions that are tough to make. Uh, the big ticket items, equipment is up, like way up. Uh, used equipment, new equipment, um, hard to get. So not only is it higher price, but right now, you know, we're looking at a few pieces of equipment and some, some a little bit smaller ones, you're looking at six to eight months out. Some, if you want to start planning new equipment uh, for next year, you better be ordering it now because production cycles and it's just that tight. Um, so there's, there's lots of those things. So not only is the price high and now with interest rates going up, that's going to affect a lot of producers. Um, it, cost of inputs, uh, I think in our region here in Alberta, and, you know, any indications I have, all of our retailers are able to stock up and we have all the fertilizer that we should need, uh, all the chemicals that we need to for weed control and, and growing the crop. So at least that part's positive. Um, but we are facing increased costs, you know, all the way across the board. And, and with that comes how do you manage that risk? At this point in time, you know, the opportunity looks, on the grain farming side to be very positive. I mean, prices are, 
at levels never seen on things like canola and in that oil seed market. Um, you know, they just kind of hit another gear and took off when Russia and, and decided to invade Ukraine and the turmoil that that's going to cause in a market that is widely inelastic. So, you know, you, you, tip, you tip over from a surplus of production to being short, and it doesn't seem to matter how high the price is going. It's not showing that it's going to, you know, meter, meter that smaller crop and, and make sure that it's spread out. So that's something that's concerning for me. I, I would say I would characterize it this way. We know, we know it's extremely unlikely to be at this $1,000 a ton mark once the crop is in the bin, it's either going to, you know, show some demand strength or some supply weakness, and it's either going to skyrocket to a whole nother level or drop off. So that's kind of what we're grappling with a little bit as we head into the production. And we don't know what we're going to grow, right? We're dry land farming. Last year was extremely variable. Um, we rely on the weather. So it's it's hard to do a lot of maneuvering as far as uh, where the prices are and what to do on that. So that's kind of the flavor of the day around here. That's that's a lot on your head, Jeff. That's a lot of things that you have to uh, take into account. It, it, it's interesting, though, as we talk about inflation, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, again, the, the price of certain things are going up, which is great for some of the stuff that that is being grown and sold, but the cost of producing it goes through the roof, too. So uh, it kind of goes hand in hand. Well, it, it does, and, and what that impacts you know, directly are when you're feeding dairy cows to produce milk or the beef or, or poultry or are the hog industry. I mean, a lot of the cost is feed and that cost is more than doubled in the last uh, 12 months. So, um, you know, it'll, it'll uh, be interesting to see what the demand for those higher value products are and, and how things shake out. But globally, it seems to still be, you know, strong enough on the demand side. And, you know, when you're farming, you just kind of you know, a lot of the neighbors will use terminology. It's the long game. You kind of just try and stick it out and you don't really, uh, you know, there's really no other way to approach it. That's, that's what we do and do your best to put the crop in and, and uh, put food on the table. No. And as you mentioned, you're deciding on what crops to grow. So what, what, what's that process like? That's, you know, by and large set by now. Yeah. Uh, You need, and tightness around seed. So the maneuverability to say you're going to change to a different crop is a little bit narrow because it's just even the even the seed that you need to put in the ground is not in the same kind of uh, availability as it typically is but you are looking at things on on our farm you know can we grow something like some oats or some peas somewhere where we can use a little bit less nitrogen and and just make sure that we have enough to uh, bolster and, and feed those crops that consume a little bit more and um, just tweaking like that, waiting for it to warm up so we can get in the fields. And uh, that'll, you know, impact a little bit what that yield curve looks like. The, the later the season gets going, um, you know, the smaller the crop potential is. You know, it, it's amazing. Over the years, I, I've worked in Saskatchewan and Alberta and, and different provinces, and I've spent some time on different on different farms. And I'm, I'm, I'm always walk away with the same feeling. It, it's one of the few industries where so much is out of your control. Whether it's whether it's international markets, whether it's Mother Nature and the weather, like you have to be all a special of, all person. Of it at the same time, yeah, you have to be a special person to be a farmer. I think. Well, I appreciate that. I I, uh, I know that the stress and pressure is you know across the industry something that um, we're just kind of we, we we grow up around it by and large, and and we just take it on. And um, 
do our best with it. It's pretty uh, pretty amazing when you look at what the industry can can withhold and uh, you know the resiliency through all of it. Jeff None is our guest, uh, owner-operator, Lakeside Dairy, a dairy farmer, as well as, as we said, uh, crops in the field as well. Uh, Jeff, what, are, what, gives you, what makes your glass half full at this point? Oh, it's springtime, right? So you have 100% potential for whatever crop you're putting in the ground, and you just want to try and make all the decisions you can to keep it as close to that as, as you can control and then let the weather uh, do its thing. But... Yeah, spring's always the the favorite time around here. Okay, so that's kind of like in, uh, in in baseball too. Spring training, everyone has a chance. Everything's possible at this point in time. So uh, it, this is the right time of year. Uh, what is it that uh, I don't want to say keeps you up at night? But but what's on the top of your concern list? Just the uh, the global situation, right? Like it's hard you have to look at what the markets are doing and and think that there's a lot of people out there analyzing it that know more than you do. And, and when prices are, you know, unreasonably high and make no sense and continue to climb higher, that definitely keeps you up at night, but you just uh, ground yourself and, and, you know, wait till you grow the crop and kind of see what happens. That's really the only approach for right now. And, And in our case, making sure we got feed to feed the cattle and the last couple of years, that's put a big dent in what we can, sell for crops because we've had to cover more ground to put up feed and yeah i don't know just uh, it's a different year than last year and that's a good thing because last year uh, wasn't fantastic here from a weather standpoint when you don't know but it is the weather though how hard again you can be optimistic you can feel we've done everything right we've got the right crop in uh, the situation's going and then really it still comes down to weather yeah and that's out of our control so You know, I guess turning this a little bit into the environmental side of things, farms have adapted, less tillage, keeping keeping trash on top of the ground. Uh, We saw some really huge results where crops were able to, you know, come through some devastating heat and and, uh, lack of moisture for a large part of the year. And for the most part, you know, around our area and not too far where they might have caught an inch of rain, you know, early on uh, post that heat in June, where crops are really pretty normal. So the technology and the tools in front of us and, and just learning to try and focus on what the soil can do and, and leave it covered as much as you can. And we run into a little bit of headwind on the dairy farm and, and with the potato side of things because that you know requires more tillage and just trying to find that balance. But um, yeah, I guess the, the long term of some environmental goals and trying to continue to do better on that front across all of agriculture, um, you know, in the midst of the day-to-day and growing this crop. Uh, are, are you getting, are, are farmers getting the help they need, the encouragement they need from whatever level of government it is uh, when, when you talk about doing things environmentally? I think we've actually probably lost a lot of ground on research um, genetics for crops. You know, they've pulled back on a lot of that over the last 10 years they are, you know, all of the budget announcements that are talking about funding, they talk about environmental programs. We don't really know what that looks like on farm, and I think government has a very different idea of how that should happen compared to how it really works on farms and what farms are able and willing to adapt to. And, and across a diverse, I mean, the country's wide, so to develop policy and say this is what we want you to do, you know, you've got 
totally different concerns in eastern Canada and southern Alberta and down in the lower mainland, the length of the season and, and things that you can do. So they're definitely sending the message out there. Um, our producer groups are going to have to take that that kind of digest it down and, and see where the dollars are going to be best invested to encourage producers to make continue to make gains, really. And, uh, you know, some of it, some of it's just kind of not, not super sexy things, just figuring out how to grow crops a little bit different. They're not all biodigesters and massive investments. Um, solar is probably something that's going to make a head, make its way into some operations. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll just get through this and, and hopefully see where the funding is, see what they, where they point us. But farms need to be strong fundamentally from operational standpoint. The government's not going to be able to fund you out of, um, you know, poor production stuff. No. Are, are you constantly, because you mentioned something there, are you constantly on the lookout for whether it's uh, technology, uh, different ways? We talked to some guy the other day about vertical farming, like just different ways and different things uh, that, that can be done. Are you constantly looking and, and, and just kind of being open-minded, I guess, at this point to see what is out there and what you could do? Yeah, on our farm, we have a grain manager that's been with us for a couple of years, and he would be pushing the edge of that on the crop side on where where he wants to make changes and just how far we can go with, you know, really eliminating tillage and kind of a whole new look at, at that. So I'm very interested to see, you know, we've had, we have a couple of years' experience in some tough going, and I think that there's potential there. You see places that do, you know, adopt some of these practices and really reduce fertilizer use or kind of change the change the whole mindset, you know, maybe not trying to grow the absolute biggest crop you can grow, but the most sustainable and the most profitable crop um, can probably come in somewhere in that, you know, more attainable 80% of, uh, of, of shooting for the stars. Uh, you, you mentioned something a couple times. I just want to ask you, just because again, not uh, uh, not being a, a farm uh, a farmer myself, you're talking about tilling the land. Why is that such a negative? Anytime that you break the soil and, and stir it, you you kind of go against the uh, carbon sequestering. So every farm is going to have a different recipe. Um, for that, but when you look at regenerative agriculture um, movements out there to whatever we can adopt them, the more you can have plants growing for the entire growing season, whatever that season is, wherever you, you happen to be located, so you have active roots growing and plants um, you know up above capturing carbon and, and building that soil structure and trying to leave that for the next crop, I think that's where there's going to be a lot of gains, not just for profitability in farms to be sustainable, but the ability to pull some carbon out of the atmosphere and, and build soil and um, kind of make some moves that way. I think there's going to be a lot of ideas and a lot of technology that is going to support that in the near future. Uh, before we let you go, uh, as you get set, as you said, it's spring, it's, it's, it's the new season. Uh, how, how are you feeling? Are you, are you feeling optimistic? I, is that a yeah, tough word? I mean, is the moisture's a, is there. It, <laughs> I'd like to get going. It's a little, it's a little colder than we'd like it to be, so yeah. we're probably antsy to get the, the, see the ground dry up and get out there and put uh, put seeds in the ground. You always have to be optimistic, otherwise uh, it's hard to put one foot in front of the other. So, I, you know, we've never we've been fortunate in our area. The crops are um, 
you know, usually come in, come in average or, you know, we continue to kind of push that mark up a little bit. So I can't see why this year, you know, looks like the forecast, the meteorologists are saying, you know, that rain's going to come, the jet stream and whatever else is, seems to be lining up. So you just roll with that and, and, uh, start, start by getting that crop up out of the ground. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for your time tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks Shane. Anytime.